Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Roisin. And welcome to the Fitness Fertility Podcast. This podcast is all about how improving your physical fitness can help support you on your very own fertility journey. I'm a personal trainer who specialises in training women with fertility problems. I myself have PCOS and have had two beautiful boys, and I'm on a mission to help you do the same. Before we get into it, we will be discussing adult themes such as where do babies come from, pregnancy loss and bereavement. We may also be sweary from time to time. We are optimistic, lighthearted girls, but we know this is a really stressful time for some of our listeners. We respect that. In this week's episode, I am delighted to welcome coach Tammy Bennett to the show. Tammy is a very experienced athlete, running cross-country and track for UNC Chapel Hill, and she's been coaching runners of all ages for over 13 years. Tammy is also a licensed artist, a certified life and mindset coach, and host of her own podcast, The Show Up Society Podcast. Tammy has developed all kinds of tricks, tips and tools to help you keep going, even when it feels uncomfortable. She helps you in a way that's fun without reaching the point of burnout, and her mission is to help you find your authentic self and uncover those hidden goals you put away while you were helping others. Coach Tammy Bennett, welcome to the Fitness Fertility Podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me on. This is going to be really fun. (laughs) Now, speaking of fun, I have spent a lot of time listening to your own awesome podcast, the Show Up Society Podcast. And one of the fantastic pieces of advice that you give is, and I'm going to quote directly from the show, and you call it, stop being so effing nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I absolutely love this and I'll let you explain it and I'll let you get into it. But the reason I loved it so much was when we're trying to conceive and when we're in the fertility community, and also I think sometimes just as women, which I know that you also touch on, we just feel this need to be nice all the time, to go to the baby showers, to do all the things. So would you mind just talking us through this idea? Yeah, I think this is It is a human issue, but I think especially for women, we were just brought up to be nurturers and to make sure that everybody around us is comfortable and happy and okay. And that sounds really great. Like, of course, that sounds like such a thing that we would want to do. But what happens is when we are trying all the time to be nice or polite or agreeable, not hurt other people's feelings, we actually forget what it is that we want to be doing because we're so busy trying to please them. And we forget what we want. And then it's exhausting because you can't make everybody happy. We cannot go into their brains and create happy emotions. Their emotions come from their own brains and what they're thinking. So we can't make everyone happy, but we're trying so hard. And we just keep trying and keep trying. And also, we can't please everybody in the room because there's a lot of different people in the room sometimes, right? So if we please one person, the other person's going to be upset. (laughs) So it's this exhausting quest to make sure that everybody's happy. And it's exhausting also to fight against your own self. So you have your own wants or needs or wishes, but you're denying them in favor of making someone else happy. And that feels really exhausting to go through life not doing the things you want to be doing or doing the things you don't want to be doing. So it's just, it takes away your energy because you're using it, fighting against your own identity and what you want. You're also trying to do something that's impossible. It takes away your happiness because you're not doing what you want. And it takes away your self-trust because eventually you forget what it even is 
that drives you, what your inner wants and needs are. So you just lose the self-trust because you're like, self, I see what you want, but we're not going to do that today because so-and-so wants us to do this other thing and we're going to do that. So yeah, it's it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure we could spend three hours just talking about this, which, you know, <laughs> but everything that you've just said from losing your identity in a way, that's really struck a chord with me because, you know, Roshan and I have talked a lot on the show about one of the problems with trying to have a family and going through infertility is you go through this, who am I? Am I a woman? Mm -hmm. Women are supposed to be able to have children. Why can I not? And your friends are having kids and your sisters are having kids and your identity just absolutely, it just disappears. And Mm -hmm. you end up just going through that kind of period of your life as a bit of a shell. You're taking the meds, you're going to the appointments. But if someone were to actually ask you, do you feel like you now? Most people probably wouldn't even recognise the question. That's how far gone they are a lot of the time. Yes. I'm supposed to be going to this baby shower. I'm supposed to be sending my congratulations to someone that is now pregnant. Someone really wants me to go to a baptism or to be a godparent for their baby. Based on this idea of just stop being so effing nice, what kind of practical advice would you give us that allows us to manage these really difficult situations? Yeah, I think the first step, and this might actually be the hardest one, is to figure out what you want. So do I want to go to this baby shower? Do I want to say yes to being a godparent? Um, And if the answer is no, I don't want to do that, then the next hardest step comes and it's telling the person no. And what I think that we have to remember is we are not responsible for their feelings. They might choose to be upset about that. Let's say we say no to a baby shower. They might have a thought that makes them feel sad about that. And that's okay. We are humans on this planet. We are going to go through sadness at some times, and it's okay if they feel sad. It's not our job to have them be happy all the time. They're grown adults. They can handle an emotion, and they're going to be okay. I kind of love that because, you know, when someone turns around to you and they say, well, you made me feel sad. Mm-hmm. And and I struggle with that one a lot because it's like, well, well, did I? Who is responsible for? And to be honest with you, I just get really lost in my own head because I don't want to make anyone feel sad. Of course we don't. No, we don't. It's really difficult to say to someone, I can't come to your baby shower. I'm sorry if you feel sad about that, but I have to look after myself right now. I think it feels like we're being selfish when actually a lot of the time, especially when we're going through a difficult time in our life, we're just trying to survive. And it's one of the things right. you need to do to just get through. Do a lot of the women that you work with and the the people you work with, do they have similar situations where they just have to basically put themselves first? Absolutely. And I am a a very big proponent of putting yourself first. It's not selfish. It's like you said, survival in some ways. And also it is, it's almost like you're trying to manipulate the situation by saying yes, even when you don't want to. It's almost like a little bit of a lie and you're not being authentic to the person. Because if you go to that baby shower and you're having a really hard time and you're struggling and trying not to cry and trying not to be upset the whole time, then it's not really a great situation for you or the other people there. And so, but if you stay true to yourself and stay home and, and nurture yourself and whatever you need for you, it is just so much more authentic. And then when you are able to attend an event with this person or to spend time with them, it's such a real, true, authentic place because you're there because you want to be. In the long run, it just makes everything more genuine and the relationships are more real and hopefully they will then last a long time. Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. And that's the thing too. If you say no to somebody and they choose to end a friendship or have a, a problem in this relationship between you and them, then maybe they're not the right friends for you if they can't support you in your time of need and your time of needing something for yourself. Maybe it's best for you to find people that support you even when you say no. This is massive because one of the things that we are always talking about is your community. And I think whenever you're on a particular journey, whether it's a medical journey or kind of mental health journey, what we've talked about a lot before is you might have your best friend who's been your best friend since you were three. But if they haven't been through the thing you're going through now, sometimes it can be just really difficult for them to understand. And this is where community and finding your people for the stage that you're in is so important because those people we hope, wouldn't be offended that you haven't gone to the baptism or you haven't gone to the baby shower. They probably wouldn't even ask you in the first place just Mm -hmm. because they know what it's like. And one of the only benefits of going through difficult things in life and going through things like infertility are you do meet your people. And hopefully they then stay with you later on in this kind of much more authentic way. Right. And I think that only comes by you showing up authentically. So by you saying, I can't attend this event because it's really hard for me and I need to take care of myself. You're giving them a chance to be there and hear you and see you and support you and understand you. But if you just say, oh, I can't go and don't tell them why, or if you go and hide your feelings, you're not giving them a chance to learn about you and learn how to support you. And so by you showing up authentically and saying, this is how I'm feeling, this is hard for me, it gives them a chance to love you for who you really are and the struggles that you're going through. Yeah, absolutely. But I love that you've raised that, this idea of you being genuine. And it kind of leads me nicely into the next part that I wanted to ask you about, which is you mentioned that when we're going through hard times, one of the pieces of advice that you were talking about, you kind of framed as in the hard part, keep going. Mm -hmm. And love this part because, you know, when we see the athletes and when we see the runners crossing the finish line, we only see the victorious parts. We see the winning, we see the hands in the air and we see the joy. But the bits we don't see are the ridiculously early mornings, the the hard runs, the gym sessions, the bits where you just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And what you talk about really nicely is how on earth do we get through that hard part? And you mention it's to do with belief that you will get through it, which I will come back to, but can also be challenging. Mm-hmm. And also the practice of kind of going through the motions. How can you apply your idea of keeping going in the hard part to women who are maybe struggling when they're going through their fitness and fertility journey? There's a couple parts to this. I think one is to allow it to be hard. And you can even just say, this is hard. This hurts. This feels hard. And to just acknowledge it instead of trying to push it down and act like it's not there. I think it's really valuable to honor the feelings that we're really having. And the other thing that I really like to talk about is how would you show up if you had 100% belief that this was going to happen for you? If you really believe this was going to happen, how would you be showing up today? And to act the part almost, right? To show up as if this is totally going to work. This is really interesting. So a couple of episodes ago, Roshan and I were talking about grief and just bear with me here. And one of the things that I got annoyed with Roshin about, which ties into what you're saying now, is this idea of showing up and believing it's going to happen. Because, and I completely understand what you've just said. And when I'm in the gym and I'm lifting my weight, you know, I'm going for it, I'm doing all these things. How would you support someone who's thinking, yeah, but I showed up before 
and I believed it was going to happen and it went to crap. How would you support someone who's genuinely scared? It's gone wrong before. How do we do that? There's a couple of things. One is you can still show up in belief and have the doubt or the fear. On a very basic level, I would say there's a lot of things in the past that you didn't do before, but you kept trying and then you did them. And so just because it hasn't happened for you in the past doesn't mean it can't happen for you now or in the future. Okay. So our brains love to look in the rearview mirror. Well, I was never able to do that before. I won't be able to do it again. But I want you to bring your eyes from the rearview mirror and through the windshield to see, oh, where's the goal? How can I just get closer? And then the other part that I talk about a lot is it's not always about the specific, specific result as much as it is about who you're becoming on the way to get there. So do you want to become a person who, even if it's scary, still shows up? Do you want to be a person who, even if it might not happen, you're still going to choose to believe and show up as if it were going to happen? Are you still going to go to the gym? Are you still going to do your nutrition and your doctor appointments? And you just get to decide like how you want to show up, even if that result, there's a chance it might not happen or that might take longer than you want. Who is it that you're becoming? And can you be a person that keeps going even when it feels really hard and feels really scary? I love this idea of becoming because it is a journey and it is a process. And, you know, whether it's your fitness journey or your fertility journey, it isn't like a, you snap your fingers and it's there. Right. It's a lot of hard work. And people always throw around, you know, trust the process, trust the process. And I think it's one of those sayings that is said so often you forget, you forget the meaning of it. Right. It does literally mean you have to trust (laughs) the actual process. Mm -hmm. It's hard when things have gone wrong before. I fully agree with what you're saying, but I know that there will be people listening saying, yeah, I know, but that's really hard. I get it. And I'm not saying Mm -hmm. it's easy. Mm -hmm. And I think the other part of that trust the process is trust the process, but it still doesn't always work for every person. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's also about, but I'm so happy that I chose to believe and at least give it a try. Yes, because one of the things that you don't want to do is regret not having a go. Right. Regretting and the what ifs, they Mm -hmm. hang around for a long time. Like that's a whole other type of support that you maybe need later on. What if I had given it one more go? What if I'd done one more gym session or run one more practice race? That's also a really hard one. So I guess what you're saying is at least if you show up and you give it your best, okay, it might not work. It might. It might work, which we're hopeful for. But if it doesn't work, you can sit in the comfort of, but I did give it my all though. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. So how would you show up if you knew it was going to happen? And even if it doesn't, you get to walk away saying, I gave it everything I knew how to do. I've done my part. Yeah. Yeah. One of your episodes is called How to Do Scary Things. And again, I love this episode because there's a lot of, there's a lot of scary things going on at the minute. I love that you talk about scary means discomfort. It's showing up and aiming for the life that you want. And what I loved was uh, you refer to Brené Brown and this mm-hmm. idea of a vulnerability hangover. Within the fertility community and sometimes in the fitness community as well, vulnerability and shame are huge. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that a lot of my clients struggle with is when it comes to the scary thing, the scary thing is reaching out to people for support. And this touches on a little bit of what we were talking about earlier, where if you allow yourself to have that real 
part of you, that vulnerability. And vulnerability to me means not only sharing the low parts, but also sharing the high parts, because sometimes that feels hard to share too. So just being your full self, bringing down that wall and allowing yourself to be fully you, vulnerable, can lead to these really great connections where you see who your people really are. Now, on a practical matter, I I came up with something I call like the turtle technique. And I imagine a turtle trying to cross a busy highway. I imagine all these, you know, really big trucks and fast cars. And the turtle kind of gets out of his shell, you know, pokes his head out, arms and legs, and takes a little scary step. And then he retreats back into the shell and he nurtures himself. And he's like, okay, okay, we made it. We made it. We did that step. Okay, we can do it. We can do it. Let's just sit here and relax for a bit and then we'll do it again. And one tiny, scary little step at a time, the turtle gets across the road. But there are these periods of nurturing in between. And so on a practical level for what we're talking about, maybe you find one person that you feel is kind of safe and you can let them in a little bit and just talk about the doctor appointment you just had or a fear that you have. And then you'll see, oh, this person is still here for me. They get it. They understand it. And then you feel safe to maybe go tell more people or people that are a little farther outside of your circle. And bit by bit, you'll expand and be vulnerable to more and more people and you'll find your crew, but just to do it safely one tiny step at a time and then retreat and nurture yourself and and see that you're okay. All our parts are still here. We're okay. I love that analogy of the turtle. I remember listening to that one and thinking, yes, I love this. A little bit of a poke out, test mm-hmm. the waters a little bit. Ooh, not ready. Go back mm-hmm. in, have a little cuddle, you know, <laughs> right, have a nice right. cup of tea, which is what we would do mm-hmm. over here in the UK. You know, every stressful situation needs a cup of tea. Exactly. And, um, and then maybe try again when we're feeling a bit better. Because you're right, it's a really nice way to do it. And I, I guess we just, we hope that the person that you speak to, first of all, is supportive. Um, yes. And to be honest, I think most of the time when you find the person to talk to, you you find that person for a reason. Is that the type of thing you would say to the people you work with? Yes. And I also will say sometimes they're not. I remember uh, after my third child, I was uh, struggling with postpartum depression. I didn't know what it was at the time. It wasn't really talked about. It wasn't really a thing. And I remember saying to my friend, I, I think I'm depressed. And she clammed up, got off the phone, and we never talked again. And she was a dear friend. And so, of course, I was even more upset after that. But I very quickly realized, oh, she wasn't the person for me. She's not meant to be in my circle of my support crew, my my chosen family. And good to know now before we went deeper into this topic and I became more vulnerable and shared more with her. Good to know now that she's just not the right one for me. And so it's almost like they're trying out for a part of do they get to be in your inner circle or your support crew in your life? And if they don't show up in the way that that feels good to you and supportive to you, then they didn't make the cut and you'll find your people that are. And so just to retreat into safety and like you will find your people, but it, it comes from being vulnerable. You're never going to know if they're going to support you until you let them in a little bit. Like how did it affect you when she wasn't the right person? How long did it take you to stick your head back out? Um, I really did. I just retreated and I thought, well, that, that didn't go well. But then I thought, but I really did realize like, this isn't a me problem. This is a her problem. This isn't a defect on my part. Like I am feeling this way. This is really who I am and I'm okay with that. And I'm going to find the people that can help me through this. And I did. It stunned me for probably a day or two. And I just kind of, you know, had, had a little bit of a, a, 
pity party. I wallowed in the sadness a little bit. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think we need to honor our feelings, like I said. So I was sad for a day or two. And then I thought, you know what, there are people out there, I just have to find them. And I told a different friend who is, you know, a very good support still to this day and really helped me through it. So you'll find your people. You will, you'll find, and it's so important. One of the other things that that I love, and you've, you've touched on this idea a little bit, is one of your episodes, which you called what would make it worth it, basically. Mm. You spend a lot of time talking about this idea of mindset and goals and this idea of setting goals about who you're becoming on the way to your desired outcome. Now, I know that I'm dealing a lot of the time with women whose desired outcome is to have the baby. But like Mm -hmm. we talked about before, this is a process. I can't just click my fingers and suddenly you're pregnant. And this is why I talk about IVF as being a process, because it might be six months, it could be eight months. Some people have been trying for five or six years. How would you set fitness and fertility goals when you are genuinely terrified? We touched on this a little bit earlier, but I can just go a little bit deeper. This is just so hard when you're talking about having a baby. But in the general scope of it, even if you don't get the actual result, what will have made the journey worth trying for? What will you be proud of yourself for doing? And so some examples might be like, maybe you have become someone who has developed better relationships because you've been vulnerable and open with these people and you have found your support crew and you have people that are going through the same things as you and you have this bond over it. Maybe you've become someone who takes care of yourself mentally and physically. Maybe you've become someone who keep showing up even when it's hard and even when it's really scary and you became someone who is really brave and endlessly courageous? Or are you becoming someone who is stronger than you think? Are you becoming someone who handles setbacks and says, you know what, that really hurt. That was a low blow. But I think I want to try one more time. And speaking from personal experience, I experienced pregnancy loss as I was going through the process and I'm going to have one more go is so hard. That is so hard. I did an Instagram post recently and it was just where I had a picture of Luca as a baby, um, my youngest. Mm -hmm. And I just wrote something like, I nearly stopped. Luca nearly didn't exist because I knew that he was my last go. I knew Mm -hmm. it. I knew it in my heart. I was like, I can't keep doing this because it's so hard. But one of the reasons that I could keep going is because of the skills that I had learned on that journey. And it's everything you've just been talking about. So it's the looking after myself, the giving myself time, the being vulnerable, but with the right people in the right space, not just everywhere all the time. That's not the Mm -hmm. same thing. It was very difficult. But what would make it worth it for me was if this one works, though, I get another child and, and that's what made it worth it for me. But it's really hard. It's it is really hard. hard. It is. And, and and that's part of the skill that you're learning, right? Is how mm. can I be a person who knows this thing is going to be really hard, really scary, and there's an uncertain outcome? And how can I be a person that's still going to show up anyway? How do I need to talk to myself and nurture myself? How do I need to be there for me at the end, no matter what the outcome is? How am I going to support myself one way or the other? Really big skills to learn. I, yeah, I 100% agree. And the skills I've learned from being on my fertility journey have completely changed me as a person. Absolutely. A lot of what we're talking about here is resilience. How would you define the term resilience? And then from there, particularly as a woman, how would you 
support us in avoiding the self-punishment that quite often comes with resilience. So I'm really glad you asked this because this is one of the kind of pillars of how I coach with my clients. And we have been taught, so many of us, that we have to work ourselves to the bone and we have to really struggle and be in pain and be really physically uncomfortable to get anything done. And that's sort of how we define resilience is, you know, if you're if you're hurting, then you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. And I kind of flip it on its opposite side. To me, resilience is loving the shit out of yourself no matter what the outcome and choosing love over and over. So no matter what the outcome is, no matter how hard it is, you say, I'm going to choose to love myself through this. And so resilience is just a very purposeful, conscientious choice to love yourself through the hard. I have goosebumps and I might cry, which I don't do very often. Um, But I think part of it, Tammy, is like I can see how genuinely you believe in this and how important this is to you. Like I can see you and I can see it on your face and I can tell that this means everything to you. Um, And I also love what you've just said, which is why it's so emotional. This I'm going to love myself no matter what. And I'm just going to do all the things that I need to do to keep loving myself. Yeah. Right. And so like in a practical way, that might look like, I'm going to the gym today because I love myself and I want to be strong. Not so so I can hurt and get sore muscles and do all this or because I'm not fit enough yet or I'm not this yet. It's it's not trying to fix something. You're just doing this for love of your future self and how you want to show up. So it, it feels like a very different energy, but you might actually be doing the same actions. You're still going to the gym or showing up for this, but you're doing it from this sustainable place of love and for future you. I am going to give you my favourite phrase, Tammy, and Roshin will be laughing at me, but consistency is key. And mm-hmm. when it comes to fitness and fertility and and self-love, it's what you've just said. It's go to the gym. It's not all about battering yourself. It's about showing up for yourself because it's a way of loving yourself and your body and your mental health. And that is one of the things that is crucial in the fertility journey, but just in fitness in general that's what it should be about to me. Yes. It's this self-love and being being your best self. When it comes to self-care, quite often, I, I don't know if you're the same, but I just feel guilty when I choose to look after myself. How do you deal with the guilt involved in self-care? Okay, I have a couple, a couple answers to this one. One is, I think, how is this the best gift for everyone involved? So if we're thinking about our partner in the house and we're deciding that we're not going to do the dishes right now. We're going to go take a warm tub, Mm. soak in the tub and relax. How is this the best thing for them? Well, it's great because he can show up or she, your partner can show up as a supportive person and show their care and you get to go relax in the tub. If this is taking time away from your kids, I I work with a lot of moms who have a kid and they also have a job. How is this the best thing for that kid to have to self-entertain for an hour while you're at work, Mm. right? They have to be creative. They'll have to use their imaginations, right? So that's one thing. The other thing that I think about a lot is these other people in our lives don't want to be the reason that we're not doing the thing for us. What a terrible feeling that would be for them to go, oh, well, mom's not doing this because of me, right? Or my partner's not doing 
something for themselves because of me. Nobody wants to have that burden and I don't want to put that on them. So I'm going to go do the thing and I'm going to let them figure out how to be without me while I go do my thing. And it's going to be great for all of us because also when I come back to them after I've done the thing for me, I'm going to show up as a much better person to be around, right? I'm going to be a lot more fun, a lot more understanding, a lot more patient. So those are kind of the two things that help me not feel any guilt at all when I go do my own thing. I actually have one more. I like being the example. Mm. I like showing other people it is okay and important and imperative to care for ourselves. See, this is how it's done. I'll show you and then maybe you can know that it's okay for you to do that too. And we can just change the culture of showing each other it's okay to do things for ourselves. Yeah, beautiful. Completely agree. So just as we start to kind of round things up, I guess what I'd like to ask you is a lot of our listeners will be very much enjoying what you've said. I am 100% sure they will find this incredibly useful. So if you could summarise the advice you've given us today into three key things that you would advise the infertility community, what things would you say? Okay, I think one is focus on what you can control. You can control how you show up. You can control you. So focus on that and just show up the way that you want to show up as the person that you want to be, right? So that's one. The other one is I think looking at best case and worst case scenarios I think is really helpful. So to your brain always is going to want to look at what if this doesn't work out? And that's totally fine to spend some time there. And sometimes I actually say, all right, let's talk about it. What if this doesn't work out? What will we do? How will we cope? How will we soothe ourselves? Who is our support system? Have a plan in place. But also spend equal amount of airtime on what if it does? What if it does work out? Who are we going to have around us to celebrate that and to spend time there too? And I know it can be hard if there's been times when it hasn't worked out. I know it can be hard to let our imaginations go there. But that sort of brings me to my third point, which is to be present, allow all the feelings, allow the joy and the hope to be there. Because if you are saying, oh, I don't want to get my hopes up in case it doesn't work out, all you're doing is giving yourself a period of time where you're not having any hope. It doesn't change the outcome. So if it does work out, then you just wasted all that time having no hope. If it doesn't work out, it didn't make it hurt any less. It just expanded the time of hopelessness. So I know you said to give you three things, but can I give you a fourth? Please. I think another key to all of this is to have willingness, to be willing to go again, even if there's a chance it might not work out. And I think it's just so important to to keep trying, to be willing to go again, even if it might hurt. There are so many things in life that are worth it, even if they have a little pain involved. Love, right? When we lose someone we love, it was so worth it to have loved that person, even if it has a little bit of sadness mixed in. And so I think, yeah, just being willing to go again. Tammy, you have been incredibly helpful and so much for me to go away and think about today. I'm very, very, very grateful for your time. I know that you very actively help people throughout difficult times in their life. So if anybody wants to look you up and come find you, which I strongly suggest they do, uh, where's the best place to find you? Okay. I am Show Up Society on my podcast and on the internet and on Instagram. So any of those three places, I love to hang out and chat with people. And that's the best way to find me. And we will, as always, put all the information in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on 
the show. Um, I've absolutely loved talking to you and you've given me a huge amount to think about. So thank you so much for your time. You're so welcome. Maria, I have just learned so much. Tammy is amazing. And what she is trying to achieve is so awesome for women. When you think about it, she's trying to provide women with the space that they could actually pursue their own goals. Isn't that just the most incredible thing? It's amazing. It is amazing because as women, we do tend to put ourselves second. And that's even before we have kids. And believe me, when the kids come, that becomes a fixed state. We're always really reluctant to push ourselves forward. We're kind of quite reluctant to maybe question authority. And that's difficult within the fertility space because you're going to have to listen to a lot of doctors. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to take on board a lot of information. And maybe some of that information isn't going to gel and you're going to have to push back. And that's going to be difficult for some. This idea of giving yourself time and space for self-care, to allow yourself hope, which I know sometimes, Maria, is not one of your fortes. And to understand that in life, but also in fertility, it's often worth the journey. I couldn't agree more. And one of the things I loved about Tammy is that she is so genuine and that comes across so beautifully. I'm sure that everyone listening will have taken a lot away from the show. And in the immortal words of Tammy, in the hard parts, keep going. And talking about keeping going, what will we be speaking about next week? In next week's show, we are going to be talking about exercise, nutrition and planning for the Christmas period. We know so many of you are preparing for IVF in 2024. And what that means is managing your BMI and your health over the period of Christmas. And we know this can be difficult. So tune in next week to hear all about how you can stay on track over the holidays. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Remember to subscribe to get a shiny new episode each week. And please rate, comment and really importantly, share with your friends, especially our trying to conceive sisters. You never know who's struggling and they may need that little bit of extra help. This may come as a surprise, but we are not doctors. We strongly recommend that you consult with your doctor before beginning any exercise or nutrition program. Get everything checked out first. Your safety is our priority. This has been a Worth a Listen production. 